tremendous doctrine which tells you that nothing is really real anyway. Everything's basically uh, illusions. And they go further than illusion. And this is basically an hallucination of Brahma. Brahma's dreams, and you're just part of the dream as Brahma spins and time spins with it, with everything that exists within the realm of time. So we're going into this new phase now of sustainable development with its, its new religion of greening, the big greening religion. That's obvious to everyone, but how far back does this go? Back with more after this break.
we're in that stage today, of course, and those who run the world are well aware of this, well aware of this. They've been thinking about this for centuries and working on this plan for centuries. Everything that I've lived through personally in a lifetime was planned and set in motion long before I was born. All the major events, especially culture, we don't think of warfare as being outside the realms of a battlefield where men have flags and charge each other and shoot each other and kill each other, but nothing is further from the truth. There's a war going on all around you all the time, uh, basically put on people by those in power, those with power, who are ensuring that their offspring will inherit that power. And inheritance of power means as well that they must have a population that is in submission to that power. The real wars go on in the mind, and it's done through culture, alteration and control. Behavior modification is a, a more recent term, but it, it came out of the same realms of ancient Greece, who understood the way to control culture, alter culture, and watch the people adapting to the new culture as planned. They understood these techniques. And we've lived through the sexual revolution. We've lived through uh, the various gender revolutions and, and so on. And they're called revolutions because they were revolutions. They were war-type warfare revolutions that were relatively bloodless. And it did not come out of the grassroots. Nothing comes out of the grassroots because, as Plato said, if it did, it could have ripple effects through society and those in, in control would lose command. Therefore, when anything comes out from apparently the bottom and it's financed heavily, you know it's been financed from the top for a purpose that will not suit you. However, the public always fall for it because they want things for free. They like the idea of being given freedom and power. And then they find out that those who gain power within these movements end up being authorities over them. And they're under even more control than they were before. You find the author of Frankenstein, for instance, that was, that was Shelley's uh, wife, wrote about the creation of a new type of human being in a fictional setting made up of body parts long before the public knew of advanced surgery or heard of it and before Bernard uh, went into heart transplanting and so on. The group that Shelley belonged to was a high Masonic group. Every, in fact, every major author of that era and poetry and in fiction and non-fiction was a member of the same society. It hasn't changed today, by the way. All the top authors belong to the same top society. We find MI6 in Britain and MI5 control them. And these are organizations themselves, which are secretive organizations. You will think that Freemasonry is separate, but it is not. The Duke of Kent traditionally was the head of the York Rite of Freemasonry. And he is a Queen's cousin. Secrecy is very, very important to control, to control the masses. And we find again the same group put out authors in the 1800s 
along at the same time as Shelley. At the same time, in fact, that um, we, we find that Darwin came out and Marx came out and all these people. They all knew each other, by the way. Marx wanted to dedicate his fourth republication of the origin of species to Darwin. And Darwin had to refuse only, solely, because he had to play uh, the upper-class type character that was created for him, the role model. So it wouldn't do well to be associated with someone who is advocating what seemed to be a working proletariat type of utopia. That was the only reason. But they worked together and they corresponded with each other. In fact, Marx said that to Darwin, thank you because you have validated the whole theory behind Marxism and communism and the whole idea of the dialectic of materialism. In other words, he'd managed to, as Nietzsche said, destroy God. God is dead. Because they had to get that out of the, the, the picture to dehumanize the public. Because they had big plans, big Frankenstein-type plans for the general public through science, which they utterly believed in. And they knew they could pull off. Now they know that because, because they understood they'd have unlimited funding through taxes and so on from high government departments to develop the future that they already had planned, a future where they would literally alter people themselves, bioengineer them, and eventually recreate a new kind of human being. Religion had to be attacked, and it had been since the 1500s, heavily by the same organizations. You must bring in secular humanism to debase the people until they start to believe it themselves. Well, we're just protoplasm, freaks of nature, accidents. And once you believe that, then anything at all can be done to you. You'll accept it yourself. Most people do today without thinking too far. But they also had to destroy the family unit. That was imperative. H.G. Wells was picked up by... It was actually uh, the grandfather of Huxley, Sir Thomas Huxley, and trained for his role in life, along with some other top authors that came out. And they were taught at what they called the Red Tie School. They were all given a red tie, red for revolution. They were coached, and they were told they'd be backed heavily to write certain novels, they were the beginning of what was called the Futurist Society. Today, the Futurist Society are the ones who bring in certain authors, give them scenario they want them to write about, and tell them to write stories around it. Sci-fi writers, etc., are picked from all the rest to promote ideas, because sci-fi is predictive programming for the masses. We enjoy science fiction, and it makes us familiar with what's to come. Even though it's in the realm of fiction, we accept the reality of it when it actually occurs in real life because we've been programmed to accept it through the fictional work. And this is an old, old technique that was going on back, as I say, in the 1800s. Lord Rothschild did the same as the Rockefellers of today, where he funded certain organizations and certain authors to promote science fiction in the 1800s. 
because science had to, be, had to rise and become the new religion which we'd all obey the world of experts now tell me who has more say when it comes to an interview with government and what you want as a citizen you or the scientist who will the, the government act on behalf of you or the scientist the expert so this is where we are and this was advocated from the 1500s with Rosicrucian society they become the new technicians of advice to presidents and prime ministers back with more after this break I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the Matrix. The Matrix is this massive fake reality that we're all taught is the only real one. And it's got many doors and corridors, many places that promise the truth, and you end up in just more deception. Deception is necessary to control the masses and guide them along a predetermined path. And that was said by Francis Bacon it's never changed the public must never know the real reasons of the changes that they live through they're always taught with just big business exploiting this or exploiting that and that generally suffices as an excuse and an argument but it's not the truth there's always a real reason behind it long term goals as I say with Wells and others their job was to to basically start off with science fiction and then when they were made really famous and I said made famous and they were made famous then they came up with their non-fiction and they harped on right away about overpopulation and inferior types of humans and how they'd have to eliminate them Wells himself put out two volumes called History of the World Part 1 and 2 the second one was finished the last chapter so was finished by his son who was a, I think a zoologist his son was trained by Pavlov with whom Wells left him as a child to be trained in his role in life too and Wells harped on as I say about this uh, the problem with overpopulation inferior types this constant harping of the commoners would overtake the elite and outbreed them basically and it's never changed that's what's behind pretty well everything today in this world that's what's behind the setting up of the United Nations you know they blame overpopulation for the world wars if you look at the, the writings of the United Nations now the common people never started a war in their lives it was always the same masters that still rule them today who started the wars the same masters that are happening about overpopulation that's where they claim the United Nations that's the reason for wars overpopulation so once again the public are at fault for everything it's the public's fault apparently for the destruction, the destruction of the environment and the destruction of the environment it's the public's fault for world wars even though the elite wrote about the necessity for world wars to bring the world under one global system which of course they themselves would control 
find people like Pike writing about the world wars to come and their purpose, their function. We find even H.G. Wells writing about it in a fictional setting on the shape of things to come. And he wrote about the war with Germany before it happened. Quite interesting. How did he know? He wasn't a psychic. He was a little manic depressive. He took tremendous fits of rage. He had his wives sign special agreements because he had certain sexual, uh, special things like done to him apparently, and he had to keep it all legally under wraps. He used to be laughed at at the Fabian Society because he had a squeaky little voice and a tremendous pompous attitude with everything that he presented. And the Fabian Society itself was funded by Lord Astor, heavily funded, to guide what the working, the working class was thought would be for them a utopia. But in reality, it was to, once again, get rid of poverty by getting rid of the poor. Still very powerful in Britain today. And you'll find in the window of the Fabian Society's Club, they had a founding a house and a founding window, stained glass window. You'll see the founders in the window hammering the globe into shape on an anvil, hammering it. So their job was not to pussyfoot around. Their job was to literally hammer it into shape by force and regulation through laws and government and bureaucracy. That's fairly well happened today. There were the same people with eugenics who came up with the poverty gene. You're, you're poor because you have a poverty gene. It astounds me how people give to charities, never ever looking at charities or the histories of charities to see what they're really all about. It's the greatest cover that secretive organizations with manifestos have used since the dawn of what they call their own civilization because they created the system of civilization. It's their system. It's the ones who control it, the masters. Here's an article here relating to the way they think and the way that they work on the public. You see, I can't stand these charitable institutions with their high-paid salaried people at the top with massive pensions and very little ever going to what they claim it's for in the first place. They're very quick to set up abortion clinics worldwide, and that's about it. Same with all the Bill Gates foundations and everyone else involved. Look at where the money goes. It's to kill people. Hard thing for the average person who's been totally brainwashed into the fake reality to accept and attacking organizations that are charitable is like attacking mum's apple pie. I'll be back after this break with more. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. I'm Alan Watt, cutting through the matrix. 
And before I take the callers, I'll just touch an article here to show you what the scientists are up to to help those who are hungry. This is from My Way News, October the 23rd, by Maria Cheng, from out of London, an AP News Service 2. Just want to lose weight, try eating. That's one of the strategies being developed by scientists experimenting with foods that trick the body into feeling full. At the Institute of Food Research in Norwich, England, food expert Peter Wilde and colleagues are developing foods that slow down the digestive system, which then triggers a signal to the brain that suppresses appetite. Fools into thinking you've eaten far too much when you really haven't, said Wilde. From the studies on fat digestion, he said it should be possible to make foods from bread to yogurts that make it easier to diet. While the research is preliminary, Wilde's approach to curbing appetite is some doctors say could be key in combating the obesity epidemic. Well, that won't do it because all the crap that we're given to eat that causes that in the first place. This is being able to switch off appetite would be a big help for people having trouble losing weight, said Steve Bloom, professor of, of investigative medicine at London's Imperial College, who was not connected to Wells research. I think it's on and on and on. And it's interesting, at the right-hand side of the same page, it says a girl sits with her brother at a shanty township in the outskirts of Jammu, India, Friday, October, right next to the same article on the same page, because that's what it's going to be used for in reality. You won't give them more. They'll just simply feel better at eating what they already eat, which isn't much at all. It's, it's amazing. All the money that's been poured in to help the poor that never seems to get there but it's managed by these big organizations who are licensed to do it. What's the real agenda? Look and see where the money really goes. As I say, if you want to get rid of poverty, according to the elites, you get rid of the poor. Now we'll go to the callers now, and we've got, we've got um, a caller from South America. It's called Cree. South America. Are you there? Yes. Yes, yes. I'm here. I'm put my name down as Cole Cree for Culture Creator. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, number one, it's a pleasure to talk to you, Alan. I've listened to you for a while. I've been in the culture creation business for over 15 years. Yeah. And as an, as an effort to, to help to educate people, I'm not here to be a whistleblower. Uh, I still do have the understanding that the public is the public, and many of them are so far gone, but there's just a few points that I want to bring to the forefront for those who not only uh, are awake to some degree and are still trying to help other people see, but also for those who, uh, you know, have no ammunition. You know, you don't, they don't have any type of history being a person maybe who works on the inside of a type of industry, such as the entertainment business. Yeah. Who, who knows things, you know, that, 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 that happen, and we don't discuss these things. You know, when you're an insider, you don't discuss these things. You just do what you do, and you keep it moving. Mm -hmm. There's something I wanted to bring to the forefront with a number of artists. Uh, you can find a new video on YouTube called Universal Mind Control. The artist's name is Common, Common Sense. This is in the hip-hop genre, and Pharrell, both very big artists. And if you look at the video, you will see Pharrell dressed in a robot head. Now, 
part of what we're, you've been discussing and part of what anyone who's involved in this business already knows because we do get our information from certain sources, there is a blending actually of, actually there's a dehumanization of humans yeah. and there is a humanization of machines. Yeah, that's Even right. when you look at the Transformers, the movie when it came out, People don't even see the fact that you have this robot talking to you, expressing feelings, mm -hmm. uh, uh, having emotions, and people just sit there like, oh, this is so nice. This is so Look at the special effects. And don't even realize they're being predictably programmed. It's, yes. it's, it's such a simple, simple thing. And, and now within the music, you have an individual, and I'm saying names here because I know what it is, and I have no problem in saying this stuff. There's a gentleman there by the name of T-Pain. He uses a voice box called Auto-Tune, and it takes his voice and it moves it to, to, to give it some sort of synthesized sound, which actually takes a human voice and makes it sound more robotic. Yeah. Where on the other side, as I said in the movies, you can see the robots are, being, are becoming more humanized. Mm -hmm. And in the process of this happening, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dialectic that is going to end up in a synthesis, okay? Oh, oh absolutely. Have... I've got articles here right now, in fact, on that very agenda from the future society, the complete merging with humans and robot, robots until you can't tell which one is which anymore. Which one is which, exactly. Yeah. And they're starting that by visually by pushing it within the music. Um, what age group would you say it's aimed at? Well, I'll tell you now, uh, Alan, 14 yep. all the way up to your your 35ers. Um, and, and, you know, I'm going to go a little further and, and, and say some other things. There's some other high level. The, the, the music business is completely fraternal, okay? Yep. It's completely fraternal. Mm -hmm. There is no one that has not made it somewhere that is high level, that is not involved in some way, shape, or form in a fraternal order. Now, that may be tied to Freemasonry or not, and I will call people, and I'm saying this to the public, I'm not saying this to you, Alan, because you probably already know. People, yeah. if you look at Jay-Z, when he throws up what he says is the diamond or the rock symbol, and you see that it's the shape of a triangle, okay, yeah. that is not a, a, a diamond symbol. That is to the profane, as they would say, a diamond symbol. But he can get a concert and have 25,000 people throw up this rock signal, and, and you're looking at it thinking, oh, it's just a, 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 a joke. But when he plays at Glastonbury on a stage that is a pyramid, basically, yeah. mm -hmm. okay, when this gentleman says certain things in his music like, um, I'm so illuminated, I may glow in the dark, and then his understudy... Kanye West turns around and takes, uh, uh, if you also look at photos, there's a photo of him and Jay-Z, and actually if you look at the handshake that he gets, he has the apprentice grip that a, a, a mason would give to an apprentice. Jay-Z gave to Kanye because Kanye had not made it yet to uh, the, the, the next levels. Yeah. But in front of the millions of people, he'll do these things and no one sees it. And Kanye comes out with a tour called Glow in the Dark Tour. Now, Stated before the verse in one of Jay-Z's songs was, I am so illuminated, I may glow in the dark. And now his understudy comes in with a tour called Glow in the Dark Tour. It is completely 
esoteric. Yeah. It is completely a play on words that people have no idea. He plays a, a part where he's interacting with the computer in his tour. And I'm talking about people that I know personally, so I'm not saying these things just out of out of the air. I'm not coming up with this. Yeah. this is, oh, I've met this lots is. of them too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, and, and most of them know, do belong to the OTO. They're uh, everyone in the business knows that it's, it's almost mandatory to join it, uh, and you will be asked to join. And right. um, and they flash their, their 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 signals all over their album covers all the time. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's in their signal, it's in their covers, it's in the music videos. Look at the backgrounds of many of the music videos. There's a new video. There's a video out with Pharrell and Snoop. And if you look at a point, it's called. Uh, forget which one. I don't know if it's that girl or another one. There's a point where there's the bottom part of the Masonic accomplishment uh, square. The square is on one side of the screen and the compass is on the other side. And if you know anything about just visual angles, you can see if you put those two together, which once again is the yin and the yang, it's the, the female and the male, it's the, uh, uh, you know, the, the phallus and the, 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 the other female portion. And those two artists being together creates the union. And it, it is so plain, I can only say, to people who are awake. And for those who are, please not only pay attention to this stuff, but understand that these artists, many of them, are put in positions, okay, where they have no choice. I don't want people to think that all the time that the artist always knows, always knows what he's doing. At times, these people have been... Just like highway robbery, when a police officer pulls you over, it is it is you know it is basically uh, you're forced. What what is the word when uh, uh, they're they're extorted? Yeah, okay, yeah. they're extorted. You know, many artists they'll come up with a drug charge or a gun charge all of a sudden. As a matter of fact, uh, another guy just recently came out with an album called Paper Trail. His name is Ti, and uh, if you listen to a song he did with Justin Timberlake on that album. It is completely uh, 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 talking about how the old man has died, okay, and this new man is resurrected. This new man has come out of uh, out of nothing, out of this struggle, out of this pain, which is yeah. a complete representation of the the a ritual, a Masonic ritual, as you pass on to uh, the Master Mason degree, and you have to perform this ritual of, of resurrection, you die, and so on and That's so right. forth. But if you listen to the words and, and you hear what these people are saying and talking about swallowing their pride, mm -hmm. getting on track, uh, we're on the same uh, page, and, and the way they talk about time, all of these things go right back to the fact that the entire industry is fraternal. Yep. If you want to be successful, you're either going to play your part well, you're not going to be there, period. And, yeah, and, do, and, and they, do what you're told, yeah. And do what you're told. And yeah. at the end of the day, if you don't do what you're told, you're going to find uh, you get pulled over with some drugs in your car, and you don't know how it got there, but yeah. all of a sudden you're up for charges. And mm -hmm. you'll end up getting a visit. You'll end up getting a visit, and someone will tell you, you know, we can make all of this go away. That's right. You know, That's I right. have personally been approached here. In South America, I am not one to volunteer my private information. So my my name and my exact location, I will not say. Uh, it, it's easier to find whoever knows how to track phone calls. I, I really don't care. My point being is, I was approached here because of my connections within the music industry. 
I was taken to a uh, a penthouse of a, a particular gentleman who's uh, of European descent, let's say, and um, he prefaced himself before he invited me into one of his orders. He simply said, number one, I will deny everything I'm about to tell you to my death. And I kind of was like, man, you know, this is, it's not that serious, whatever it is. I mean, you just met me through a friend of yours a couple of minutes ago, but he knew about me and my uh, music business connection. And so what he said to me, he said, I am here in South America. I'm a part of a family, and we're basically looking to take over over 60% of the utilities market. Mm-hmm. And we need help. We need people who have contacts to be able to influence the thought processes of individuals. Yeah. And I said, so why are you talking to me? He says, because I know you know the the, 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 the major players in the industry. And when these guys say things, when they put out things, when you have all of these artists saying vote for Obama, okay, and making it very cool to say vote for Obama, it doesn't matter what the reasoning is behind uh, yeah. uh, these individuals. People don't think. They just follow. They are, sad to say, pure sheep. And it is those very people um, in whatever part of the world, okay? The fact that I'm in South America is, you know, this is not America. So he's trying to get influence into a certain realm in a whole other part of the world, knowing that my contacts are within the U.S. Yeah. I do have contacts in South America as well, but it shows the global reach of the plan. Oh, yeah. At the end of his statement, what he said to me was, uh, mm-hmm. after he supposedly invited me, I won't say the name of the family, although I do know it, uh, and I did some checking on it myself and found out they are who they say they are, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it was one of what I call one of those invites you can refuse. And uh, <laughs> one of those offers I can refuse. And it was one that I chose to refuse because there is a certain part that I understand. Maintaining your humanity right now, going through the things we're going through, um, I think is going to be the greatest challenge for whoever yeah. Now you have human and you have man, mm-hmm. and human can come from humus man and or earth man or, or or so on and so forth, and then you have man which comes from mind, and there are people who actually are in their own concept and in their own religion believe that they are pure mind, they are pure the, the pure essence of every bit of knowledge that is that is out there because as you even have mentioned they have access to, to archives and, and data mm-hmm. and they look upon the humus man or the human as an entirely completely different entity and species mm-hmm. so every plan that they make when when these people even say in the club of Rome when they said the enemy of humanity is man that's right. There's two ways you can look at that. You know, it's kind of like you're putting the man against the human, but you also can say you're putting uh, a man against humankind. Well, the elite have already said that, that they see themselves as a special, as a distinct species from the rest. Yeah, from through yeah. their special breeding. Yeah. 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 Well, but thanks thank for calling. And uh, what we'll going to the next time. caller, though. Thanks for calling. Now, as uh, we've got um, Greg from Minnesota there. Is Greg there? Yes, is this Alan? Yes, it is. Yeah. How are you doing tonight? 
Oh, not so bad. Yeah. Oh, that's good. You got any snow up there? I did. A week ago, I had five inches in, in one morning. Oh, yeah. We just got our first snowfall last night. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I just want to thank you for what you do, and uh, I've listened to you quite a bit, and uh, I've learned a lot from, from your talks and, and everything. And uh, I just had a kind of a, a couple quick questions. Um, I... Uh, homeschool uh, one of my boys and I was wanted to get a I guess your opinion on some good history books that possibly would be uh, mm-hmm. uh, good for kids I guess to, to really start learning uh, the truth in, instead of some of these other I would I would get I would get the series uh, the collection of books by Ar- Arnold Toynbee Okay. But I'd also get Professor Carl Quigley's Tragedy in Hope and the Anglo-American Establishment because the two books together will complete each other, they complement each other, whereas uh, Quigley's books will fill in all the real reasons for certain big incidents and even wars occurring, uh, and it makes more sense to the children. Uh, Toynbee's uh, way of writing was in a certain style which is meant to train an elite, the elite's own offspring, into a, a slanted version of history. But he does get an awful lot of facts and truth in there as well. But the two together will, will help complement each other. We're back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt, we're cutting through the matrix. And to add on to what the caller said two callers ago from South America, remember we do have choices, and that's the difference. It's the choices that you make. You certainly won't profit by them, but you've made the right choices for yourself. And, and maybe in the long run, that's what really matters. Because if you lose your own integrity, you have nothing. You have nothing. You're at the mercy of the waves if you have no integrity. And you're at the mercy of the other powers around you if you have no personal integrity. And that's what we have to gain and then hold on to. Now we'll go to Terry in Calgary. Are you there, Terry? Hi, Alan. How are you? I'm surviving here. Oh, that's great. You know, just uh, like the uh, last caller's uh, question, it's a great question. I was just uh, coming back from London today, and I was reading The Republic by Plato. Yeah. And I ended up in a nice conversation with a CEO of an oil and gas company here who wanted to talk about history, and people really do crave knowledge. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, one request I would have, if you have a chance, is you mentioned so many books, and I write them down from day to day. But uh, on your website, I don't think there's a spot where you've listed all the books that you recommend. Yeah, I, I have about three or four lists here, and I've never got around to putting them up. And I'll tell you the reason why. Um, when I'm trying to sell my books, I'm recommending other books to read, which will cost them an awful lot of money if they buy those other books. And then they won't buy mine. <laughs> well, let me put a plug out to, to everyone who's listening to you. I don't think enough people are contributing to you because I... Sure, you live a lot more meagerly than the majority of us who are listening to you do. I do, and, I do. Uh, yeah. Certainly, thank you for everything yeah. you do for us. 
but I, yeah, I, I do have lists here, and um, I, I can certainly send them out to people who ask for them. But I, I've had so many people tell me, including some of the, the, the various author societies in the U.S., telling me they make a living. This members make a living off all the talks I've given no, I, <laughs> by I, writing it up. And I, I think, and you know, most of them have never given me a penny for, for any of it as a donation. I think or everyone relies on someone else and uh, doesn't realize... That's what, someone else will do it. So, I, I, yeah, that's how they think. So, it, You know, what? one thing, the reason I'm calling today, I read in the papers, and the, uh, the London papers are actually really great because they really tell you what the agenda is. Yeah. And the one thing I'm seeing a lot of is this call for a, a new global economic body, you know, the yeah. IMF and the World Bank, to head up. And mm -hmm. I don't think people realize that right now as we're coming to the end of this age that uh, this stock market's not going to rebound this time. Yep. And uh, I see a lot of people, my family and included, that I can talk till I'm blue in the face mm -hmm. that it's time to protect their assets as, as best they can. I was wondering if you could just talk a little about the economic turndown and what's going on. Well, well, John Maynard Keynes, who gave us this system we've lived up to, from the last uh, Bretton Woods Agreement, uh, said himself that we shall bring in a new type of system which is not based on greed or personal profit. He said that we won't see it in our lifetime, not just yet, but soon. So, so the Bretton Woods Agreement and what's happened since then to today was only one part, one phase of this great scheme. We're going into the next phase of it now, and it's really uh, eventually out of it will come a world of service and no personal gain. That's what the, the big plan is to be. Yeah. Well, I can hear the music coming in. That's been a very fast night again. It just flies in. So from Hamish, who is the dog, and myself up in Ontario, Canada, it's good night. Tell me your God or your gods go with you.